welcome back to another edition of the Spike Bar podcast. Well, yet again, another interesting week on both the uh, European and PGA Tours. Um, not without a little bit of controversy, but we wouldn't want it any other way. It gives us some talking points moving forward. Um, I think kind of we've got to start with uh, the Genesis Open. Um, like first and foremost, I, I watched so much golf this weekend. I think because of the weather, uh, the crazy weather that we had, um, over in uh, in LA um, just meant there was lots of golf to be consumed so uh, I did enjoy uh, getting a bunch of golf on Saturday and Sunday um, but look let's start let's start with the headlines so obviously JB Holmes uh, one by one straight from Justin Thomas um, so where to start here I'm going to start on the positive side so great victory for JB Holmes his first one for four years another one of these guys who um, had a bit of a lull a la Kevin Nahr, uh Matt Kuchar Ian Poulter Paul Casey um, so kind of all of these guys who are uh, you know 30 35 to 45 in age who've just having a bit of a resurgence and, and winning so fair play to him for winning and grinding out in what was really tough conditions and uh, this is a guy who's come back from brain surgery as well so again um, apparently off the course just an all-round good dude so look fair play to him and he just outlasted everybody else when everyone else was falling away um, in that in the difficult sort of windy conditions uh, on uh, on Sunday um, he held firm and so fair play to him and a great victory and on a personal note for him it was uh, he also found out that day that his wife's expecting uh, another baby as well so yeah just a lot of personal congratulations for him now here comes the caveat he is brutal and I mean brutal to watch play golf he is so slow it is a joke um I remember losing my rag at him last year at uh, at Tory Pines in the farmer's insurance because he was in the final group with uh Alex Noran and I think Ryan Moore I think it was Ryan Moore um and he took like four and a half minutes on, on the 18th hole. So Norrin had a chance to win. I think Norrin needed a birdie on the final hole. Um, and basically, JB Holmes had hit it in the rough on the right off the tee. And he needed he needed a, an eagle and um, to, uh, to get into a playoff with Jason Day. And he hit it in a rough. And he took four and a half minutes to decide what to do. And then even then, he just laid up. Um, so he has history. He is well known for being a slow player, but he was he was a joke on Sunday. How long he took, and I know it was slow in front of him, and he wasn't the only protagonist of being slow, but it was painful. And the amount the broadcast kept switching to him, and he was taking you know a minute and twenty seconds over a fifteen foot putt, um, and like it just it drives as a viewer, it's just bad viewing. It's really poor viewing, and also it's it's just not how we play so it's, I don't know I mean th- there are rules out there uh, I know they're not in enforced but there is a suggestion that effectively you should take 40 seconds over a stroke okay granted there's a little bit of leeway but I just think at times guys on the PGA Tour take the biscuit and uh, and JB Holmes unfortunately is a poster child uh, just given him was so ridiculous on Sunday he even I mean he was even doing like and I'm an aim point convert, right? So I do aim point over everything, and I but I I do it pretty quickly. But he was, as they kept calling it, plumb bobbing. He plumb bobbed an eight inch putt. I mean, not even I would do aim point over an eight inch putt. You just get up and hit it in. Um, so it, it, so it drove it drove me mad, and obviously the social media was going insane over it. Um, 
Adam Scott pre-tournament. It was ironic that Adam Scott was with him because pre-tournament Adam Scott was going about, well, look, the PGA Tour doesn't do anything about it. I wish they would uh, do something about slow play. And in fact, if they want, you know, penalise me, I don't mind being, you know, the victim here because we just should be playing quicker. There's no reason for us to be this slow. And I think if you look at most of the top players in the world, they're pretty quick. Um, I think the only ones that really stand out who take their time, in particular Jordan Spieth, Jordan does take a fair bit of time over his shots, but most of the other guys are just see it, hit it, rip it type guys. So you've got Spieth and Cantlay who are a little bit slow. Bryson obviously is pretty slow with his calculations and so on. But they've got a PJ Tour, have got to do something about it because it's just not a good it's just not a good spectacle to watch. There's no way around should take six hours. It's just ridiculous. Um but anyway that's that's that. So that's enough. That's my rant over and done with. Um, I, uh, I saw enough of it on social media. I thought it needed to be poked up. But I'm not blaming J. I am blaming JB Holmes. He has to take some personal responsibility. But actually, the, the majority of the fault lies with the PGA Tour. They've got to do a better, better job at their product. I know the argument is that they're playing for big money and all the rest of it. But I think as Andy Johnson from the Fried Egg um, points this out, look, go- golf is a game where there are constraints all sport has constraints within them um, and one of them is you've got to hit the ball within a certain amount of time so get on and hit the ball uh, anyway rant over let's let's move on to some of the other headlines um, I think the, the other kind of main headline was obviously JT JT went into the final round Justin Thomas went into the final round with a four stroke lead and managed to blow that um, he was phenomenal on uh, on the first three rounds just unbelievable his approach play was f- Fabulous! His putting, I think he led the field in putting over over the first three days. Um, but he just, for whatever reason, just did not have it on Sunday afternoon. He had two three putts uh, and a four putt in the final nine holes and that ended up with 34 putts in that final round. So he lost by one stroke and, and you've got to say it was down to the greens. Now, I know the greens were ever-changing because of the conditions. It started off slow. And obviously, as the course dried out over the weekend, got quicker and quicker with the wind as well, obviously causing some some problems. But even still, he'll be disappointed that he managed to blow that blow that lead. But it's also the I suppose the curse of Riviera for anybody under the age of twenty eight. I think Charles Howell the third is the only person under the age of twenty eight who has won this event uh, in the past uh, twenty five years or something. I think I heard that stat. So it's it's clearly it clearly favours an old sage head. Um, Talking of youngsters who who perhaps struggled on Sunday, I think some of the most captivating viewing was Jordan, uh, Jordan Spieth. Jordan shot a 10 over 81 in the final round, including a 7 and an 8, a triple and a quad bogey. Um, he is having a nightmare over the weekends at the minute. He is currently averaging, in, through four competitions this year, he's currently averaging around 475. Um he just cannot get it done over the weekend. He starts off like a house on fire. He was, I think he was joint leader at one stage in, after round two or during round two at 10 under. So he's playing some good golf, but for whatever reason, he's got some mental demons over the weekend. Um, but he's clearly not far away. So uh, it, it's interesting. I'm sort of concerned for him but not concerned at the same time. It's a bit like how I felt about Rory last year and that you think a win's going to come at some stage because he's just too talented. But 
I think it's just mentally he just seems all over the shop and he just cannot get that putter going. So intrigued to see how he pans out. I think if he doesn't perform well at the Masters, I think we can start to really worry about where his game is at and where he's going. Or he just needs to take a break, go and have some mental coaching or something and then come back to the game because he's just he's too talented to be shooting 81. I know it's difficult conditions and so on, but he's just too talented to be doing that. Um Good weeks for well, very good week for Rory again. Um, I was surprised about how poorly he played in round one. Um, yeah, those soft conditions with no wind. I thought he would eat up that course, but he didn't do anything. But he did come back with a vengeance in round two, shooting eight under. Um, so really strong round two. And on Sunday, he had an outside chance if he if he had if he sort of finished four four. So birdie birdie par in the last two holes, he would have uh, he would have been in a playoff. Um, for the uh, for the win, but he finished five five, um, so didn't quite close it out. But again, it's another top five for him. So another good week, good start to his PGA Tour. Just I would like to see him genuinely contend um, instead of sort of having to, these top fives where he's played he's played pretty well all week. Um, I know it's just, it's a little bit of a. Uh, <laughs> underhanded compliment but he is he is class I expect him to demolish a field at some stage and then Tiger Tiger nearly missed the cut he needed to hold a bomb to uh, to make it uh, on uh, on Saturday but had a fabulous round three uh, starting five under through the first his first four holes which vaulted him up the leaderboard didn't quite have the energy on Sunday I did hear he did an interview where he said he was going to get up at half past two in the morning just to get his body prepared for uh, for the final day Sunday. So, look, the conditions weren't good for him. Cold conditions for his back um, is not ideal. And playing 30, well, best part of 36 holes in, in a day is not ideal for, for Tiger. So, look, he, he had a good week, um, top 20 finish uh, at a course that he's never really done that well at, so fair play to him. I suppose the other couple of things to to point out were Siwoo Kim and Mark Leishman were phenomenal in the final round. Their short game, Siwoo Kim's short game is just class. You can see why he won the players. When he's hot, he's ridiculous. So uh, good top five finishes for those two guys. And another great week for Adam Scott. Um, You know, he seems to uh, uh, be playing very, very well. He only obviously has a very limited schedule. Um, Watching him put two foot putts with a flag in is a bit odd um, but he's it's working for him he's, he looks certainly more comfortable over the putting and you can see it in the results that he's had over recent uh, over recent weeks um, in terms of my picks so I DJ to win he finished T9 Tommy Fleetwood was and Adam Hadwin were my outsiders Tommy Fleetwood finished tight 28th and Adam Hadwin would have also finished tight 28th if he hadn't have done a Jordan and shot an 81 in this final round so he ended up 75th um, so yeah, average Average week for me on uh, on the Genesis Open. Um, so let's move over to the European Tour. ISPS Handa Super 6. Uh, I, this is, I love this event. Uh, I get to see a very limited amount of it, just obviously from a time zone perspective, but what a great event. Um, won by Ryan Fox, a New Zealander. It was his first European Tour victory, so congratulations to him. He beat uh, Adrian Otegi, a uh, Spanish guy, in the final. Um uh, Ategi is becoming a bit of a match play guru. His two previous European Tour victories have both been in match play. We won the Belgian knockout and the Paul Mar- Paul Laurie match play. So shouldn't have been surprised that he was in the final, really. Um, but uh, great performance by Ryan Fox uh, to to get his first victory. He he just dominated the knockout stages. So well played to him. Um, 
in terms of my picks, uh, Tom Lewis, he missed the playoff stage, so he got through the cut but didn't quite make it to the playoff stages. Uh, my outsider was Min Woo Lee. He did make the playoff stages and got to the quarterfinal. He ended up losing to Otegi. Um I mean, this kid is legit, by the way. Uh, again, obviously, it's only his third uh, European Tour event. Um, he drives the ball miles. He's only small, um, but they had, I think they had five drives over 340 yards in the week, and he had three of them. Um, but, so he just hits the ball an absolute mile. And there's obviously pedigree in that family. His sister is Minji Lee, who's currently, I think, seventh in the world in the women's rankings. So um, he's got pedigree in the family to... Uh, to go with it so look out for him a young Australian another young Aussie who's uh, looks like he's going to break out on the on the world stage um, and staying in Australia we had the Australian uh, Open in the LPGA which was won by Nelly Corder um, she won by two strokes to complete the uh, Corder family Grand Slam of Australian Opens uh, her sister won this same event back in 2012, so quite a few years ago now. Um, but her father, Peter Corder, the tennis player, he won the Aussie Open in 98. And her brother, Sebastian, also won the Junior Australian Open last year. So um, the Corders obviously like Australia. Um, she is a class act. I think she's up to seventh or no, eighth. Eighth in the world rankings now on the LPGA. I think her sister's down to 12th or 13th, although her sister was, has been out a fair bit with injuries over the last 18 months. But she's a class, class act. Look for her to keep on going up that leaderboard. She's only 20 or 21, I think. So um, congrats to her. Great, great victory last weekend. So moving on to this week. Um, the the main obviously event is the WGC first WGC of the year in Mexico that's what I'm going to be focusing on I know there's the Puerto Rico Open on the PGA Tour which is a smaller event and the Honda LPGA in Thailand so those events are going on but for this week I'm just going to concentrate on the WGC in Mexico um so this was a great event last year Phil um beating out uh Justin Thomas in the first playoff hole here you might remember Justin Thomas hit an unbelievable approach to the 18th hole to eagle it he hold his approach from 100 plus 140 I think yards 120 yards something along those lines I think it was one of the shots of the year on the PGA Tour so he hold that to actually get into the playoff um, last year so but it was Phil Phil Mickelson's victory the first one that he won in an awfully long time as well um DJ won this event, the inaugural event in Mexico in 2017, where he held off Tommy Fleetwood. So, uh, you know, it's only been there a couple of years. Uh, key things to know. One, first and foremost for the players, it's going to be warm and sunny this week. Um, I think they've had enough of being battered by the uh, the wind and the rain out in California. So they're getting some warm, sunny weather. Um, but also, let's not forget, it's at altitude. So... Um, that it's going to be basically become a maths competition uh, for the uh, for the pros. So Bryson will probably his head will be exploding. He might be taking even longer over shots to try and work out trajectories and how far things are flying and all the rest of it. So the ball tends to travel ten to fifteen percent further uh, at this tournament more than anywhere else. So um, it it will be a choice of club selection and. and keeping your head on the swivel. Uh, basically, the caddies will be working very very hard this week. Um, being a WGC, it's a very strong field. Notable exceptions are there's no Justin Rose again, um, which is surprising. I'm surprised he didn't play last week at Riviera, but he's not played for a couple of weeks now. But anyway, 
no Jason Day, Adam Scott, or last week's winner, JB Holmes. They're all taking a rest. I know this part of the schedule has become crazy compact with the changing of the majors and bringing the PGA Championship forward. Um, But it's interesting to see you know, with so many world ranking points on offer here that, um, you know, some big names not playing this week. Um, that being said, you've still got JT, Rory, DJ, Ram, Fowler, Bryson, uh, Kepka's playing, uh, Tiger, uh, Mickelson, uh, Shoffele, Matsuyama, Leishman, Finau, Casey, Spieth, so Bubba, uh, Fleetwood, you know, uh, uh, an unbelievable field this week. Um I think a couple of things for you to look out for in terms of people to back or what to look out for. You know, obviously, as I mentioned, altitude's a big thing. So this course plays something like 700, 800 yards shorter than its actual length. I think it's 7.3, 7, something uh, in length. So it's actually playing more like 6,500 um, for, for uh, like a normal course for its amateurs. So the key stats to kind of look out for approach to green and short game scrambling stats. Those are the good things to look out for this week. It's not going to necessarily be a bomber's paradise, although obviously DJ did win here previously. Um, with that in mind, I'm... I am going with JT, uh, Justin Thomas, this week at 10 to 1. He is the favourite. Um, he was runner up here last week. He was obviously runner to Phil. He was runner up um, uh, last year, I should say, to Phil. He obviously was runner up last week as well. Um, he's in some great form. But the main reason why I'm picking him is this he currently leads the PGA Tour in approaching to green. He's averaging two stroke, almost two strokes better than the rest of the field per round at approach to green. That That's an insane stat. It's almost as dominant. Tiger, I think, in his dominant best was uh, two and a half strokes back in 2006 uh, versus the rest of the field. He's almost a shot better than the rest of the field at the minute, uh, the, the next best in approaching to green. So uh, he's he's in some serious good form. He's got a great short game, although I will caveat that he didn't show that on Sunday. Uh, but the other three rounds, he did he did play pretty well. Um, he obviously played well here at this event last year and he's in some good form and at 10 to 1 I understand why he is the favourite and I would back him uh, there as the, the winner this week. In terms of outsiders, there's, there's so many different different ways uh, you could go here. Um, uh, and I kind of, I'm in an orange, I literally was looking through, through the gambling and, and through the betting. I think a really interesting stat and I think this is absolutely fair. I saw that um, Jordan Spieth is at 33 to 1 along with Paul Casey, and I would literally lump those two in at the same at the minute. You know, both quality players, but just cannot finish. Um, so Spieth and Casey, I thought it was quite ironic. They both play, they're both at the same uh, same odds because I think that's probably reflective of their games right now in that neither of them can close. But um, uh, in, in terms of where to look out for, I think Mark Leishman at 30-1 to 1 is very good odds. Um, he finished strongly last week. He was tied fourth. Uh, he didn't. He's not done so well in this event. He was tied 37th in the event last year, but he's got one win and three top fives in his last six events. Uh, he's playing really well. His short game is spectacular. Anyway, his issue typically has been the long game. The driver can be a little bit misbehaving, um, so I think this course could set up quite nicely for him and just the form that he's in. So 30 to one, I do like him there. I'm going to give you another name as well. Against someone who's very, very strong iron play, um, and it seems to be getting more and more accustomed to the uh, PGA Tour, and that's Rafa Cabrera Bayo. 
So Rafa's at 50 to 1. He was tied third in this event last year with Tyrrell Hatton just one stroke behind. Uh, JT and Phil tied 25th last week at Genesis Open. So not a bad week last week. Again, he's another player. Just He's sort of quietly under the radar. I, I mean, looking at the odds, there's just some really, really good value. You've got the likes of Gary Woodland and Tommy Fleetwood at 35 to 1. I think that's just fabulous value for those types of guys. Guys, I expect to have good weeks this week, um, so you can you can find some good odds. But uh, you know, I think uh, it's a really open field, and I'm really looking forward to this event. Kind of does. I know the golf course is quite quite a bit different to the normal course. There's lots of tree action. Um, you know, you see Phil in amongst the trees, no doubt this week. But it'll be really interesting to see how they do. And and I'll be fascinated to see how Tiger does. He's obviously not played in this event beforehand. He didn't qualify for the event last year. Was injured obviously the year before. So it'd be interesting to see how he uh, plays um, uh, this week. And I'm sure he'll. He seems to be trending in the right direction. So long may may that continue. I suppose the final point to make is I have some ongoing sort of props bets with. Um, at Invisible Golfer and at Cy Byford on Twitter. I'm currently leading 4-1-1. I've got four victories. The other two guys have got one each. Their picks this week. So uh, Mark, who's at Invisible Golfer, has picked Ian Poulter this week. And Simon has picked Hao Tong Lee as their picks for this week. They go against Justin Thomas. I'm not going not gonna to lie. I quite fancy my own pick, but I do quite like both their picks. I think it's outsiders. They're not too bad. You know, I think you'll get relatively decent odds. Ian Poulter's out at 50 to 1 and Hao Tong Lee at 60 to 1. So not bad odds from those two guys. Be interested to see how they also do this week. So there you have it. Um, in terms of, oh, do you know what? There are two little things I forgot. I'm going to add them in now. So the other two bits of news that I did forget to add is one, the PGA Tour are now allowing shorts in the Pro-Am and practice days. Well done for PGA Tour for coming to the 21st century. Um, which then prompted Phil Mickelson showing off his calves, which were insane. So go and look at it. If you go on Twitter or social media and type Phil Mickelson calves, his calves are insane. Don't don't suit that body whatsoever. Um, fair play to him, though. And then the other one is Matt Kuchar has finally got out of the grave that he was digging himself with L2 can, this caddy out in my cobra. Um, so he doubled down last week and said for somebody who earns 200 dollars a day five grand isn't bad uh, just the optics on that were ridiculous um uh, finally i think he was coerced into an apology by the pga tour he has subsequently paid l2 can 50 grand which is what he probably should have done in the first instance anyway and then uh, he's also given some money to the mycoba foundation and he's gone on an apology tour so hopefully that's the end of it there's been a fair bit of buzz. You know, Brandel Chambly has been saying some stuff about, and Davis Love has been backing Matt Kuchar and saying that, you know, they had an agreement in place and Tor Caddies should be paid more. Look, I'm going to set this record straight now. Tor Caddies should be paid more than local caddies. I agree with that because of the sacrifices that they make and everything else. I'm totally in agreement with that. However, these guys are brands. They represent lots of different companies and therefore they have to understand the optics that come with that. And the optics that come with that is that you cannot be seen as a skinflint. You cannot be seen as going against the values of the brands that you represent. Matt Kuchar did exactly that with the way that he 
basically behaved towards l2 cat i know he had a business agreement in place but the needle moved when he won that tournament so he needed to move the payment up uh it was a ridiculous it should have been dealt with at source right at the time how his pr team or his management team allowed to get it that far is beyond me because he's done irreparable damage to his uh his reputation which is a shame because i like him I liked him before and I will continue to like him. He just made a poor decision here. Um, but thankfully, he's done something about it now and hopefully he can be forgotten. But all these uh, pros coming out and saying, well, can talk caddies and stuff saying they should be paid more. Yes, they should. Absolutely right, they should. But there are extenuating circumstances. There are grey areas everywhere. This is a grey area, I'm afraid. And uh, finally, Matt Kuchar dug himself out of a grave. Well, look, there you had it. If you made it that far to me, another little mini rant for you at the end. Um, but another good week ahead of us with the WGC Mexico. I think JT will get it over the line this week. I'm backing for him, but look out for Leishman and Cabrera Bayo as some outsider picks. Right, enjoy your week. Enjoy the golf. Look forward to catching up next week. Cheers.